That soul has the memory of each life that we've led, wherever that may be, and that's why we can access it. And I guess we return to that energy. And when people go to the in-between lives, if they're interested or it's important for them to do so, they can see the other souls that they come here with. Dr. Tony Riley, welcome to Passion Harvest. I'm so excited to have you on the show today. Thanks for having me, Louisa. I'm excited to have our chat too. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm, gosh, I mean, we were just talking about your incredible life but and your expertise in certain very, very interesting fields. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to start for the audience about past lives. Past lives. Oh, Louisa, so those are my passion and they come from a place of, making this life better so when people are recalling their past lives of course they can do it for curiosity but my passion has been that they are doing it to understand their circumstances now or to fix something now fix a fear or relieve them of a physical ailment that is carried over from them so the 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 therapeutic value of it is what intrigued me and proved to be very um, effective. So past lives, whether they're happening now or not, we, we can carry certain fears or cyclic wounds through our lifetimes. Is that correct? We can. We can. I, I do wonder actually if it's happening in order for humanity to at this stage in the evolution of humanity to wake up to what, where we're actually from. Because it seems like, from my observations for 20 years going into these spaces, beyond past lives even, uh, it's, it's all planned or destined. And it's like there are no glitches, so nothing's happening by chance. So the fact that someone has to recall um, something that happened in a past life to relieve themselves or the wound or healing seems to be oh it's part of this this plan if you like to wake people up and to realize that there's more um back back 20 years ago when I started it was quite um out there um now it seems that it's come a whole long way towards being somewhat mainstream and I remember back then my guidance was that this to to help this become mainstream so it's it's worked and um yeah i think that's part of why people have things following through from the past lives to help us delve again realize where we're from you did mention where are where we're from where are we from, <laughs> where are we from? <laughs> well i call it home but it's it's a, a collective energy that we're all part of. And I think there's always a big wide discussion about God and universal energy and consciousness. And I suppose it's all of those things because they're just names for what seems to be or certainly feels like it when you get to visit there, have a transcendent experience there. It's just this collective energy that we're all part of. Home. So... How have your recalling your past lives or remembering your past lives helped you in this life as Dr. Tony Riley? 
initially, initially when I first became aware of past lives, I was in my 30s and having my own tumultuous time, divorce and that kind of thing. And I was delving for, I, I'd been told I was intuitive and I was intrigued as to how I could reach that age and not know that I was, in fact, have no clue. So I started delving. I started meditating. I was guided to. I was told to. You have to meditate if you want to understand this. So I started to do that. And in that process, the lady who I found to start meditating with, she told. She ended up telling me to read the Brian Weiss book, which was when I became aware of past lives. Many lives, many masters is what I read. But because of reading that, not only did I have my wake-up call, like, oh, my goodness, this is what I'm doing, and uh, I also obviously wanted to try it out. And I so I went to Mary, the lady that told me to read it, and said, I, I must do this. And she said, oh, I can do that. So uh, less than a week later, I was on her couch having my first past life regression, and I had a couple of symptoms. To be honest, at that stage of my life, I didn't really realise that I had anything wrong with me per se. Kind of been floating through life, motherhood and working and everything. And I thought, oh, okay, yeah, I do have some weird things. One of them was I went through school covering my writing. And if someone was behind me and I thought they were reading, I couldn't. it cringed me. And I thought, yeah, that's actually a bit weird if you think about it. So I asked for that. And I asked for speaking in public. I couldn't do it. I couldn't speak in front of anyone. And really my only speaking in public thing was at my wedding where you stood up to say, thanks for coming. And no, it was just the worst thing. It felt like I was going to faint. And so I asked about that. And I also asked about how am I in my mid-30s and I don't know that I'm intuitive. What's, what's this about? So those were my three things. And on Mary's couch, and she regressed me, I immediately kind of textbook, I suppose, could see in here, could see her, my eyes closed, of course. And it was just happening without trying. I was getting glimpses of images and I was knowing and I felt really emotional. So I saw two lives actually that address those things and from from that session there was nobody could tell me that I made that up I know I didn't make it up it was an imagination it was all happening and I thought oh, it was just extraordinary and of course the wonderful thing was it did fix those issues for me so um, and I didn't realize then that my life would take off in this direction and that would become a past life specialist and and even beyond that but it cleared those things that would have stopped me doing that a I had access to my really strong intuition and my psychic abilities and of course that same stream is what helped me write and develop the programs that I did and I of course had to speak in front of people and write articles and things so all of these things were cleared in my in those couple of past lives that I saw and here we are now a long later and it's like shut that girl up now <laughs> so for those that haven't experienced their past lives or had a past life regression 
you say you see it with your mind's eye. Do you mind explaining to those who haven't experienced what, what is it? Is it like watching a movie? I'll leave it over to you, but is it like watching a movie? And, and my other question is, do, do you feel the emotions and all the pain? Yes, I can, I can, um, I can explain this. First of all, it's like, it is a bit, I liken it to a dream because when we're dreaming, we're not awake. So it's coming in without imagining or daydreaming even. It's it's just there. So though it's not metaphoric, you know how dreams are often odd and you, you've got people in there that you have maybe never thought of before and suddenly they're in a dream and it's very, very metaphorical. But the past lives are very... Uh, structured just as a life would be and you're seeing very normal everyday everyday things that one would experience in life but so yes it's happening in your mind your eyes are closed and I suppose it would be what we call um, it comes through our clair senses so our clairvoyant sense is when we're seeing things in here without our eyes open so that's how it's coming in but all of the senses are at play so we can feel you can feel pain if it's pain you can feel emotion as if you're there and you can see you also know so you might see a snippet of an image a home or a road or something and then know that that's your house or no it's not your house but you work there you know all of this information that goes with it but as far as feeling the pain some people are prolific and others are kind of observing it but one thing for sure is nobody has to feel the pain again when it's physical pain. So um, what we can do is just to have them just look at what's happening so that they don't have to feel it, particularly if it's, um, I was going to say horrific, when people see themselves pain. on battlefields. Yeah, yeah, there's no need to feel that again. So I guess, well, this is your show today. Do you, so when you when you see... I've experienced past lives, so I know, but I'm just trying to explain it for the audience. For you, obviously, it doesn't look like Tony. Are you an observer or are you that other person? I find that I find that people go between the two. Sometimes you're in the body as the person, so you're looking out. And usually when we start, we have the person, the client look down at their feet so it, you're literally in the body then and you're looking down at your feet but then you can be looking back at yourself as well and then you can be observing the scenes and you can be seeing yourself walking away or on the battlefield so you're observing but I do find it goes between the two um, and even if people are doing multiple regressions it can switch from regression to regression I think that's why it's such an extraordinary or maybe intuitively led therapy because you have to be comfortable with uh, being able to move with whatever's happening as the facilitator and not forcing it to be a certain way. Um, yes, and it's hard following our intuition to sometimes some, we can think oh, this is made up or it's just some <laughs> bizarre thought. So I have to ask you, how? What what did you see or experience that helped you change, for example, your fear of public speaking or covering up your writing? <laughs> oh, Louisa, I love talking about my experience. I can still remember it, even though it was a really long time ago. Um, so the 
the speaking in public, I saw myself as, it was the second uh, past life that I saw in my uh, session, but I saw myself as a man in my 40s. I was plump, but I could see I had those black buckle shoes on with white stockings and knickerbocker pants. And I knew that I was someone of significance in our town. Um, and I also could see myself writing with a quill in the most beautiful handwriting and uh, in a big leather-bound book. So I could see that I did that. I knew I was someone of note in my community. And what what I saw was I had gone to the people. I, I thought I was the mayor or of that type of um, calibre. And I'd gone to the people to warn them that we were having a storm and that we have to um, kind of batten down the hatches, if you like. And they, it sounds so simple. It's not even um, a, a scary thing to see, but they wanted to know how could I possibly know. And the people were very um, suspect of me. How would I know that? And as part of that, they also found my book, that this writing that I'd been doing, which apparently was all of my insights. <laughs> and uh, I don't think I told anyone about them, but I was journaling uh, my insights and dreams that I'd had. And when they saw them and read them, they thought I was nuts and they locked me up. So, and I died in the, in the lockup. So that's what I saw for the public speaking. And for the intuition, I saw myself, um, I was a young girl in my teens in Scotland, and I saw that I was, this is a very short version, I had quite a lot of detail, but I saw myself that I was to be hung, I was deemed a witch in the witch days, it was in the late 1700s, and I could see that I was to be hung on a platform in the little village, and the people were there jeering hang her, hang her. And, yeah, so that's what I saw. And I also I remember there was my first even insight into Scotland or history, really. I was not a history buff. But um, I since have been to that town where that happened. Twice I went before I even realised that that was the same place where that had all taken place in the 1700s. But... Um, I did. I found out so much information because I regressed for it probably another 15 years later to get more information. So, but it fixed it, made me, both of those things made me be able to speak, write and, yeah, do all the things I needed to do. That's amazing, all of that. And also you actually went back to the town, so you had an incredible amount of detail. Yes. I know to have gone to that town in Scotland twice twice and it was so special it was not even though um obviously I was I was killed there or died from being a witch there I loved it there and I loved it there before I died as well I used to you know make poultice and things to help with people's wounds and all of that kind of thing so, so all yeah the, most yeah, extraordinary yes I'm just thinking we take our humanness so seriously and it is very real but I guess on a soul level that doesn't damage us no not at all which is hard (laughs) I think it's very hard to fathom and it's I guess it's one of the challenges when you're speaking about all this this kind of thing 
when you're talking to people who've not had any sort of transcendent experience, I think some just naturally believe it because they must feel that it's true. But for people who haven't had a transcendent experience, it's almost like they just cannot fathom Mm -hmm. that there's something more so it's so much easier to speak to people who've had some sort of transcendent experience, whether they've experienced it spontaneously themselves, they've had dreams that feel so real, past life even, or they've had something facilitated, near-death experiences, which would be spontaneous, but um, if they've had facilitated past life regression or in-between lives sessions, that kind of thing. Oh my gosh, I've got so much to talk about. One more question about past lives. Have you <laughs> have you experienced a death in your past life? Always. Always gosh. the most important element of past life regression is the death scene. It's the it's the point in the lifetime where that client actually gets to speak with their soul. Or that's how that's what's actually happening, even while they're experiencing the past life. But when they die, also when we die in the past life, it's often where the trauma carries over now because it might be that we um, fell off the horse or and it caused us to have a sore back now. Whatever it is, the death scene's super important. And when I've experienced death scenes, I've had many regressions by now. It's always, and this I'm, I must say this is, 99% of the case with the thousands of people I've regressed, it's always peaceful. Even when people are, die unexpectedly in an accident or worse, their life is taken by someone else, they're murdered. Still, it's their time to go and that actual soul knows that and they pop off straight home and um, I guess what happens at that stage, if it wasn't so before they remembered they remember who they are and where we're from and that we were down here doing this, you know, in the spirit of whoever we were living as. So what happens when we die and where do we go? Mm. Well, from what I can, from what I have experienced and observed on the thousands of, with thousands of people is we go, well, we go home. We basically go home. So the soul goes straight back into collective energy or back to soul energy free of the body free of anything human which are our thoughts and our physical feelings and senses we're free and we go back and I think even when people are dying as a person and they talk of seeing their loved ones and of course we have mediumship as well where we can connect with our loved ones that are passed over but they seem to come and see us while we're still human because once we leave our body, it's quite different. The energies are all, they're all there, but the spirit that we were or what we were doing here is almost like it's what st- what goes on on earth stays on earth. We, we head back to our soul energy and it's kind of all heaven, if you like, just a, a beautiful, peaceful feeling. So for those that, well, it happens to, for those that have lost loved ones, you're explained, from what I understand is that our loved ones really are always watching us or with us in some dimensional way. Yeah. One of the beautiful side effects of past life regression was developing a few ways to 
help people now. And one of them was it you it happened spontaneously. So of course now we know we can facilitate it. Is that rather than have a medium, I'm totally into mediumship. I think it's a beautiful thing for people in grief. But instead of having a medium and we have a passed over person and of course someone who wants to hear from that passed over person, we can connect the person who's here still alive with their person, can get them to come in and visit them just as in a similar way as if they were calling a past life, but their person comes in and visits them. It's very special and very beautiful for anybody who's still here and grieving and wondering how their person mm. is on the other side, if they're still there, all of those things. Yeah, that's beautiful. So, yeah, for those that is. perhaps aren't ready to have a past life regression, what would be your advice if they're looking to connect with their loved one that's transitioned? Oh, I feel like just telling them to trust the signs. Um, the signs are subtle, yet they're there. And I think when people lose someone, I feel like for a lot of people it's their very first oh, foray into that there is something more to life than our body and this. So um, I would say if they're wanting to connect with their person, look out for the signs, the subtle signs that come, things like maybe something's moving, maybe lights turning on, maybe they're seeing butterflies or the all sorts of things that people, maybe even some people make fun of. But if it's for you, you know it. You know it because it goes beyond uh, chance and I think people who are connected with the person they've lost, they know when their person's there or there's a bird or whatever it might be. But I think as far as having a reconnection with them, I don't know if other people do this, but all I can say is it is the most beautiful experience. There's nothing to fear. And I also would like to say with mediumship, if you want to seek out a medium, then you have to trust your intuition as to um, finding yourself a good one. There's so many good ones. I, I find, I guess it's tricky because there's a lot of, um, I don't know, I guess scammers um, because our social media is so far and wide now. But I am not a, I'm not negative about mediumship and I'm certainly, of all of the mediums that I know, which is many, they all come from a good place and wanting to help people move through their grief and connect with their loved ones. So I think um, you, you will be able to find a fabulous medium to work with. Thank you, Tony. I'm digressing here. But um, intuition, people often ask me, how do I follow my intuition? And that might be for someone who's listening, I'm not on the right path. I know what's right. I'm too afraid to do it. How, what's your advice to follow your intuition? Oh, intuition is, I feel like we need to teach our children this from the day dot to trust their instincts. But I feel like because if we can trust that inner knowing, we all have it. If we trust it, then life is just so much easier. And I think the the one thing with intuition is often, if not always, it defies logic, and but it never leads us astray. So trusting it is probably getting used to your way. And we all it all comes to us in 
in our way. So being able to understand how that is is key. Probably meditating helps or even doing development classes or courses. And there's so much out there now on the internet that you can help to develop your intuition. But I think it's really, in a nutshell, it's getting to trust the feeling when it feels right or not right. But I feel like what happens is they come in louder, as in they're clear and they repeat. It's almost like if you're supposed to take notice, you'll hear it again and again, even if it's something like um, to t- take the next left, take the next left when you're out driving, then um, you're supposed to take the next left. So <laughs> mm-hmm. listen, listen to those thoughts that persist. Um, in between lives that you mentioned it was heaven-like. And do you think we choose to incarnate again? Because many people say, I never want to come back. (laughs) I know. I know they do because it's so hard down here. And I think um, something that a lot of people just cannot comprehend is that living life as a person is, it's literally that and it's fraught with emotion. I feel like that's the purpose of, being a person actually because it's something that we we just don't have when we're not in the body Uh, in fact there's lots of things we don't have when we're not in a body but we come here to experience emotion and everything that happens to us whether it invokes a fabulous emotion or traumatic emotions it invokes emotion so that's what life is all about and everything that we're doing down here is part of our blueprint each time that we come and yes we agree every time we we agree and we'll know what we're doing before and it's actually why maybe something that can help people trust that this is so is even things like deja vu where you get it's almost like you get this tiny insight for a moment but you can't deny when it happens. I, I'm sure everyone's felt deja vu just now and again. It's almost like you get just this tiny insight into the plan. Or when people are intuitive and they can see or sense what's going to happen. Or as a child, they feel like they're going to do a certain thing. And of course, they do do it. I think what happens in society is we say, you made your dreams happen. But actually, it's like this was what was going to happen and it's why you have this drive for it and you you knew as a young person or whenever the time comes that you know and you follow it, the compulsion happens, you keep following it. All of these are kind of assurances that everything is planned. I guess the hard thing is when we're going through trauma and we have bad relationships But all of those things are also part of the plan and they are to help us, I guess, grow as an individual while we're here and whatever, be courageous, be vulnerable, whatever we have to do while we're here to grow as a person. Yeah. Interesting. And the, uh, the French translation for deja vu was already seen, so it's it's <laughs> which I'm sure you knew or well now that's a fun fact for the day I love that's a fun fact for me even <laughs> yeah. love it um yeah what's your thought on spirit guides and angels mm. okay I have thoughts on them I think that basically when we go home beyond between lives because between lives is essentially this 
reincarnation planning spot and we can visit there and see soul families and that kind of thing. But some of that is still a little bit human-oriented or inspired. But our spirit guides and angels, yes, I think they're um, they're real and they're probably assurances that we need as a person, that we are, that we are not alone. When we are going through hard times, it's just assurance that we have help from beyond. And they also sometimes appear to people in as very human-like forms so and I guess that happens all my observations are it happens for each person as they need it to be for wherever they are at in life because there's some people who will be very connected with the afterlife and the spirit realms and probably very very happy to see color or energy more so than humanish forms or human forms but yeah I think angels and spirit guides are just energies that I actually will go so far as to say there's sometimes the there's sometimes people that we've been before. Interesting. I've got a couple more yeah. questions if that's okay with you. Yeah, please. <laughs> so is there an endpoint to the reincarnation cycle? Oh whoa, that's a big question. Uh, I'm kind of surmising here because from what I understand is there is a trajectory of this human experiment. That's what I call it, human experiment. But I don't think it's ending anytime soon. But, yes, I'm sure there will be an end point to it at some stage, probably thousands of years from now. But um, I feel like I feel like what's happening, though, or not I feel like, it's a bit feel like and also messages that come through is Humanity is changing and it's very evident when we see the young kids that are born now. Actually, they're not kids anymore. The young people born since 2000 are predominantly more sensitive than we were and it's because they default to their intuition, whereas we defaulted to logic. So in that alone, those kids are now 23, they're young adults. So what happens is they, because they're more intuitively and heart-led they have more natural compassion, natural empathy. So what will happen is these, these young people soon will be in positions of power. So our schooling will change and our the, the way that we educate our corporate world, all of these things that have been a part of Western culture for so long or life really um, will change as these young people start to make that big change well, or have already but make those big changes um and i'm sure what was happening now is we're moving back towards how when we started when humanity started and we were much more connected and less probably less logical because we didn't need to be back then we needed our intuition but you know to stop being eaten by animals or yeah. dinosaurs whatever of course so but you, we, yeah yes thank you so we've talked about past lives have you delved into future lives yes a little bit a little bit and even when I did future lives it was more to help somebody now if they were a little bit we'll call it stuck on maybe a partner coming back who was not and you were able to ask them to go forward in five years ten years something like that to give them some peace 
and acceptance potentially if that person wasn't going to be there. Um, so for that reason, they were allowed to go forward here and there. But yes, even in a group situation, you can meditate forward and ask people to go into the future and see what life is like. And they will, I think that each individual also gets what they're allowed to know for the future. And um, yeah, so various um, experiences come back for what's happening in the future. It's so, it's and, so interesting. Yeah, yeah. It is. It really is. Do you, we touched yeah. on it before. Do you think all our lives are happening now? You know what? I bet they are because the energy is just, it's so one. When you're beyond when we're in this sort of dense energy, it, it truly is all one. So it must be. Forgive my unscientific uh, description of this. But it does my head in because I'm a person now and it's like, oh, come on, I need to see these things in a bit of a timeline. Though having said that, it's very obvious there's no time, even when you have a transcendent experience, even when people go into their past lives, they're in there maybe for an hour and maybe longer and it feels like five minutes. Bill will come back and say that. So it's timeless. Um, but, yeah, probably everything is. But I don't know. I think as humans now in, what are we, in 2023, then when people see their past lives, they're in history. So it's historic. So at some point in time, they'll go back and recall a lifetime. It doesn't get all jumbled. Though having said that, I must say, we do go elsewhere as well. They go to other places. They go to, um, Planet, other I planets. guess I call them other schools. Yep. Yep, other places, other planets. So, yeah, so have, it's not just you've us. You've done regressions with clients that are on, that are potentially extraterrestrials or different life forms on other planetary multiverses? Yeah, yes. And because I was not in the know about really any of this, and I never studied it actually, so every most things that I've seen or heard of have come through my clients. Um, but, yes, they, they go to other places. And one of the most exciting things was when they do go to those other places, they, they were usually people who were as surprised or shocked to see what they saw. <laughs> and they were not in the know about it either. So it made it very credible as well. When they'll come out and go, what happened there? But they see what they see and they feel what they feel. And um, one thing I can say is when they go elsewhere other than Earth, it's a much more energetic and I'm going to say a much more beautiful experience. So Earth is the hard one where we have our emotions. There it seems to be. it's different. We're doing something different there, a different experience, I suppose. And it's your from your experience that we have almost, um, maybe my words aren't correct, an oversoul. So we're, we're here in our humanness, but we have a soul. We're, well, not up there. Yes. We have a soul. Yes, Louisa. We do. We do. And that soul energy is all collective as well. But if you, if we talk in as you or me or anyone else for that matter, if we look at it as this, we have a soul, yes. And that soul has the memory of each life that we've led, wherever that may be, and that's why we can access it. And I guess we return to that energy. And when people go to the in-between lives, if they're interested or it's important for them to do so, they can see the other souls that they come here with 
over and over again. So meet their soul family per se. So yeah, we're a soul. Each of us has a soul. We are a soul. Yeah. So interesting. Well, that takes me on to your soul mm. life coaching program. Do you mind sharing a bit about that with the audience? <laughs> I don't. So for through all of this work, there were things we discovered about life being planned. So we were able to develop a new psychology, I call it. It's a spiritual psychology. And I teach it to people so that they can use it uh, with others to help them navigate life and heal. And I call it solo coaching. So we have our next intake early next year. So at the moment, we are taking applications for soul life coaching. And if people are interested in learning it, they can find it on my website, which is tonyrolleyinstitute.com. But rather than me give a big story about it, please go have a look if you're interested. Of course, past life regression is a big thing and taking people to reconnect with their loved ones, going in between and a lot of human stuff as well to help us get through our, you know, our day-to-day life. And I will leave a link below in the show notes <laughs> below Thank the show. You. I've loved having you on. Is, is there anything else you'd like to share with the Passion Harvest audience that I haven't asked you today? Oh, Louisa, I the one that's coming to me is to say, ease up on yourself. I think that I feel like people, we're almost our own worst enemy in life where we're beating ourselves up for one thing or another. And um, if we, if you get in touch with yourself, then and trusting yourself, then all of that becomes a whole lot easier. So ease up on yourself. Simple, excellent advice. Dr. Tony Riley, thank yeah. you so much for being on Passion Harvest. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're welcome. Bye-bye. If you liked this episode, please do subscribe.